Greetings one and all, wherever you are, in the universe, metaverse, or the rainbow. Welcome to an Espresso Shot of Confidence, the podcast that explores all aspects of confidence, challenges taboos, and unhelpful narratives, and empowers you to be awesome, loudly and proudly. It's time for you to grab a drink, and remember, it's five o'clock somewhere, so feel free to grab a whiskey. And settle in for the next however long this episode is. I'm your host, the master of awesomeness, Ashley Griffiths. And today we'll be talking about the wonderful world of entrepreneurship. As we all know, the world is changing at such a fast pace at the moment, impacting all aspects of life. In business, conceptions of success and traditional career paths are in a state of flux. As people break away from one-job careers and conventional nine-to-five jobs, the internet and globalization has driven a lot of these changes and has connected us in ways that would never seem possible 60 years ago. It's now possible to start a business, have clients all over the world, talk to people, play games with people in real time, with people from completely different countries, and we can all do this from the comfort of our own homes. And at the forefront of these changes is a group of young entrepreneurs that are daring to be different, that are daring to challenge these traditional conventions of success, of business, of what it looks like to be a business person. And who better to talk to about this than John Hamilton, the founder of YEN Network and a professional gamer. John had a vision to bring together entrepreneurs from all niches and provide a space where they could truly step into their greatness and change the world. So it's absolutely awesome to have you here, mate. I appreciate that, mate. What an intro that was, by the way. I don't know if we up to that standard, mate, but that was incredible. Love it, mate. Thank you for having me. No, you deserve it, man. You deserve it. You're making big changes. So let's just start by telling the world a little bit about who you are, what you do. Absolutely, mate. So my name is John Hamilton, as Ashley introduced me. I run a company called the Your Entrepreneurs Network, which is just a form of networking. I wanted to come in and grab networking by the scruff of the neck. I believe that it had to change. I believe it had to evolve. And through evolving, I basically just made it the way in which I believe networking should be. Kind of eliminate the traditional side of networking, which was kind of pitching and hoping and, you know, not really anything that really ticked my box as an introvert when I was going to these networking events. I wanted them to be different. So we have a couple of different structures that are in place that allow for people to build, you know, power teams around small groups of individuals that are at the same level in business. We have educational workshops and we have the wider kind of scope of the network as well where everyone can obviously collaborate and come together. So that was a vision that I seen quite a while ago when my mum kind of first started coming into business and in terms of the background of where I come from, professional gaming, I played Call of Duty at pretty much the highest level, I streamed full time for about 18 months, I got to live out my childhood dream of, yeah, just sitting playing games every day and people would probably ask why I've came from that into business but business is easily the one of the most fulfilling things that I think anyone will ever do when you build a company that is out there to make change and make an impact and you're watching that impact happen as I shall know himself there's no feeling quite like it and that's definitely what I was drawn towards awesome yeah absolutely that moment you make impact it's it's just something else isn't it no feeling like it so you mentioned it all started with gaming yeah okay so what was uh what was your poison what was my poison yeah oh, what were you playing man. There was actually something I spoke about in the, the, the uni presentation yesterday, which was about, I guess, like the early stages. When I was younger, I used to stay at my grand's from Friday through to Sunday. Every weekend, I'd try and stay if my mum would allow me to. Um, and I would sit and watch my big cousin play Gears of War from Friday through to Sunday. He used to create montages. So he used to put them on YouTube. He was, you know, from a very young age, I would sit and watch him. And it was very much that mentality of like, well, if he can do it like I want to do it, like I admire Daniel, I admire what he's doing, I respect it, and I'd want to be that level too. And that was the initial kind of poison. I was just choking to get my own Xbox. I was choking to get something that was just mine. Um, and then eventually I got, I think my first Xbox when I was nine or 10. And then from there, man, like 
yeah, I was hooked, mate. It was about it, my mum actually used to curfew me. I was that bad, man. And I just I'd listen for like any cue that I could know that she was sleeping, and I'd get up and just turn my mum <laughs> back on and just that's sit and it all through the night. It was yeah, man. It was it was bad for sure. Oh wow, that that's commitment to the cause right there. That Definitely. is commitment to the cause. Wow. Yeah, I think it's the games have certainly come a long way since my day playing the Game Boy. Yeah. Yeah. I the Game Boy was something that um, I didn't have that many memories of the Game Boy, to be fair. It's certainly the, the version I grew up on was, yeah, probably well and truly obsolete by the time you came around to playing gaming, <laughs> mate. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, many happy hours played. Uh, tetris under some sort of light because obviously there wasn't backlit screens and there was no color screens back there so you had to try and find like a bit like reading a book or something you had to try and find some light somewhere so you could get in another game oh it's all good in terms of the gaming you got into it you really enjoyed it you were kind of it was your thing so how did you take that passion and become successful in it to become like a professional gamer i mean what steps did you take to make that happen this was one of the most common questions when i started streaming because people would say so i started playing when i was maybe like nine or ten and it was i started playing competitive call of duty when i was 13 i'll never forget my first event where so when you're competing just for anyone that doesn't know what competitive call of duty looks like you'll basically be on a team you'll practice against other teams that will be a similar level if not better and then you, all the practice leads up to an event where you go in person and you've got four xboxes lined up four xboxes lined up on the other side and you just compete against each other in like real life it's called a lan event and i went to my first lan event when i was 14 and when I turned up there, it was like, you know, grown men shouting, wailing, a lot of profanity. In that moment, it was like either I grew up or I went home and just had a cry and just, you know, didn't actually like do anything with the time that I was there. And I actually had my grand drive me all the way down to Coventry from Glasgow um, to take me to this event, which was mental. Awesome. And awesome. it was all the, it was the environment, man. The environment is what allowed me to... I literally got a full company around it, which also we'll touch on in just a wee bit. But the the environment was the most crucial part. When people used to come at my stream and say things like, John, I've played COD since I was 10. And, you know, I've played it for over a decade and I'm nowhere near as good or I, I can't play in these tournaments. And the difference was, was at the age of 13, I was put in a competitive environment where people demanded more from you, where there were standards that if you didn't raise your standards, you were cut from the team, you were dropped. Wow. Um, it was a very cutthroat kind of mentality. It was like team wins at all costs. If you're a detriment to the team, then you won't be there. So even things as such as when I used to play football all the time, there would actually be reasons to why I wouldn't get on some teams because I had football training twice a week. Like that oh, would be wow. enough for people to like not want you on the team because they <laughs> let you playing all the time. So that kind of level of standards that other people demand and also when you're in that environment man you're okay to swear on this actually because i might end up just going to town keep keep going man love it love it absolutely love this <laughs> right, cool. when we were kind of in that environment people very quickly obviously kind of things that they do not like about you and it's not personal if you're spending a lot of time with people all the time it can become personal but a lot of the things that you're doing it comes in a form of your attitude to be speak to people the way in which people try and get the best out of you, you try and get the best out of them. And you very quickly learn the things that people don't like about you. And you end up working on those things and realizing that in order to be a team player, you have to not only be working on yourself, but you have to work on the way you communicate. And there's a lot of technology that people have no idea even exists. Like people think it's just kicking your feet up, playing some games, but the competitive environment, it's far from that, man. It's very demanding. It was kind of my home though. I felt like that was where I grew up, man. When it came to competing and streaming full time, so easy for me because I'd done it since I was 13. So playing in these huge tournaments for 400 grand and all this mad kind of shit, it was easy. You know, it was easy in terms of adapting. Very rarely get nervous about things now, probably because back then, that first event when I was, you know, 14, mate. I didn't eat for like two days, bro, because I was so <laughs> nervous, mate. I literally wow. just, I couldn't, I couldn't even stomach food, man. I remember turning up to the event and yeah, couldn't stomach food. My hands were shaking. 
because I was 14 years old, everyone was way older. It was, a lot was on the line at that time. At least I, I thought there was a lot on the line because I was a kid. It's like sure. your exams at school, you feel like if you fail your exams, your life's done. It was that first event, it's like, if I fail or if I don't do as well as I do online, where I'm playing usually, be deemed as a failure, I won't make it. It'll be, you know, be terrible, man. So a lot of pressure kind of riding on that, mate. So a lot uh, of it kind of came down to environment to answer your question. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've just learned a lot about that. I've talked to a lot of kids, a lot of young people saying, oh, I want to be a professional YouTuber, professional gamer. And you see all the kind of the glitz and glamour of the big events with the esports events and stuff that are out there now. And it just totally blew my mind. I never even realized it was such a thing. Yeah. When I saw they were people are filling up stadiums, watching people playing games. I was like, that is nuts. Yeah. Um, absolutely nuts. But it kind of makes sense. Now that you said that in an environment like that, with the sort of money that's involved, the sort of commitment it's going to take to get that mastery yeah. of the game. Wow. That's, that's yeah. impressive. So I'm guessing a lot of that stuff pushed you forwards in business. I'm guessing there's a load of skills there that literally coming into a business world have been like, wow, this is kind of easy by comparison. Yeah, I put up a post not too, not too long ago about how I'm going to write a book about how gaming made me a millionaire. I truly believe it's gave me that kind of foundation of the standards I demand of myself and how aware I am of how, how if I can become one of the best players in the world at a game, so like Call of Duty had 100 million active players in March 2020, which was when I was playing most often. If I can become one of the best playing tournaments with the top 150 players in the world, I held a, a European record as well for one of the most kills in a certain mode. Things like that. It's like the the statistics of you actually doing that. The odds are so stacked against you that it would literally be deemed as impossible if you were to sit there at the beginning of your journey and say to somebody, I want to become one of the best players in the world at Call of Duty. The odds of actually making it and actually doing it, people would tell you you're wasting your time. And for me to take that level of what I achieved over there, and I wasn't even necessarily the best player in the world, I didn't have the most accolades, didn't win huge tournaments, but I believed I was the best player in the world when I was playing and taking that level of self-confidence into business. I know a lot of what we have planned around entrepreneurship is kind of the stereotype around young people and stuff like that as well. Having that level of self-confidence from gaming and being the best at one thing, you realise that that level of confidence needs to transition into everything that you're doing so even though i'm only you know two years into my entrepreneurship journey the ground that i'm making uh, i've kind of took exactly what i took from call of duty where i was uh, playing with the best learning from the best asking questions being curious working on myself working on my mindset and I've applied all those same principles to entrepreneurship where I find a mentor, a coach that I believe in. I find, you know, entrepreneurs that I want to work with that I believe in. And it's got to the point now where I've built a full company around your environment. <laughs> Pretty much being around the right people, man. So, yeah, definitely practicing what I preach on that front. Awesome, man. That environment is, is crucial, I think, isn't it? Certainly on my journey, the importance of that. You, you'll see it. All the, the management gurus will say this. All the business gurus will say this the people that you're around as a super important having those role models or coaches or mentors there that can really demand so much more from you and push you and hold you accountable. It makes the difference. Certainly since I started being coached, it's just a game changer. Fast tracked me. Absolutely. If you sit by yourself, you might make it happen. If you believe yourself and you've got the tools and everything, but there'll be all these narratives in your head that you buy into. Yep. Whereas when you've got a coach or people around you, they call that shit out. You 100%. ain't got anywhere to hide, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're not as close to the business as you. So it's, there's no emotion in their eyes. You know, it's just pure logic. And that's sometimes what clouds a lot of our judgment. We also have biases as well, because we believe something fits the narrative of so much of you believe in. But if it's not conveyed or marketed properly or, you know, the content around it isn't great, like all the systems that you put in place for a business, they all need to be aligned. So as much as you believe an idea is phenomenal and that everyone needs it, that was very much me at the very beginning. 
But in terms of making it happen, though, in the actual business side of things, you need somebody that's been there, done it, man. Wore the t-shirt, wore the t-shirt multiple times. Makes your life so easy, mate. So easy. Oh, man, absolutely, absolutely, man. So just fast forward to where you are now. So yep. after your, you start with your streaming, the gaming, yep. and then you felt inspired to start your own business. And yep. you set up the YN Network. Hmm. And you kind of touched upon this already, but what was the the primary motivation for you to set up this business? When I looked at streaming, it was something that there was an amazing quote that I used to hear all the time from Naval Ravikant, and it was around how you'll never get rich renting your time out for money. And as much as I loved playing games for a living, that was something that required me to be present. You know, I, if I wasn't streaming, I, I wasn't making money. If I wasn't competing, I wasn't making money. So it was, as much as I was playing games for a living and it was awesome and it was amazing, it was something that monetary-wise, there was a motive there in terms of like, right, cool, how does this look in a few years' time? What is actually going to be the, the motive then? And then also, I realised the impact I was making in the streaming world, which was a, in a central world that, the actual impact in terms of mindset, people would come to my things that I would host, like Mindful Mondays, and that would all be around my mindset and what I was like. And people would come to me and ask me for advice. And so I built a whole little mini series around it. And that was something that when I was doing that, helping people, that filled me with so much joy and fulfillment. And I really loved it. And that kind of gave me my first kind of spark of like helping people for a start. And I um, obviously started planning YEN like really working on it probably about October of 2020 and when I started working on the idea it was very much like I was working on YN and I was streaming full time and when I was streaming for the first four months I was streaming for 10 hours every single day so it was like really intense but I didn't see any reason not to stream you know I loved playing games so it was like I stream all the time um so when I started working on YN it was very much that the motive behind it was like I can make a, make a even larger impact by combining business and entrepreneurship. And also my mum had been in business for a couple of years at that time. The people she was working with, people like Paula Wingate, for example, yep. and a lot of my mum's friends, they were people that I admired, man. I respected. I, I loved what my mum was doing. I was proud of her. I, I wanted to help her. I, I knew that was where I, I kind of wanted to be. But there was one thing that was kind of holding me back, and it was that introverted mindset towards, like, you know, I just wanted to, like, trade or just play some games or just, like, you know, I didn't want to have to deal with people, for example. I didn't want to have to be responsible for people. You sure? And I realized that when I started to have those thoughts, they were just limiting beliefs. And if I'm, I didn't necessarily believe in leaving a legacy either because this might come across quite, uh, like, like subtle nihilism almost. But, like, you know, when you're dead, you're dead, man. <laughs> like, your, your legacy, your legacy lives on 100%. But when you're actually dead, though, you know, we don't know yeah. what happens. Nothing really happens. You're just sure. dead. So I had that kind of subtle nihilism mindset of like, <laughs> I'll, I don't know, I'll, like, I'll, just, I'll just do things for myself. I'll, tra I'll just, you know, do forex trade and I'll trade. I'll, you know, I'll do, I'll play games for a living. I'll do whatever the hell I want to do. The streaming was something that I'd done for myself. I wanted to play games for a living. It was awesome. In the community that I started to build there, man, it started to feel like a family. I started to take a lot of pride in the people that were coming to my stream regularly. I was proud of them. I was learning about their lives, what they were doing. And I started to realize that that kind of motive that I had, that limiting belief that nobody was like me, that I was an outsider, um, that I only had one close friend that understood me. That was just bullshit, man. That was sure. just bullshit. There was plenty of people out there that, that understood me and what I was doing, man. So I think Shuman gave me that green light. You built a community around your values. These are people believe in the same things that you believe in. Why not take that to the next level? Why not do that in business? Because when I went to networking events, for example, my mum would have me come along to some of them okay. for experience. Mate, they were shit, bro. I didn't enjoy any of them. Like I came out of them, my mum was like, "What did you think?" And I'm like, "Mum, I'm not going back there. Like, <laughs> that's not my kind of vibe, man. I just don't really want to be there." So I seen an opportunity there where I was like, "Right, cool. How can I really get my vision out fully and have people believe in it?" And then eventually, um, so fortunate, you know, I, I launched in December 17, 2020, 
posted my first event. I had a lot of support from my mum's network. Cool. And people wanted to sponsor me, help me, stuff like that. It was amazing. Um, and then in about February, so a couple of months later, uh, I found one of my first clients, proper clients, which was Andrew Ellis. And awesome. he paid for six months up front. And when he paid for six months up front, that was like, okay, I found one person that believes in me, you know, that yeah. believes in the concept, believes in my mind, believes in what I'm doing. And then from there, that same month, I found two other clients that also paid for six months up front. And it was like, okay, there's actual weight here. So I actually can do this. Sure. And it was proof of concept. And they were gamblers, mate, big time gamblers. Okay. Oh, mate, the full first year of business, they gambled on me massively. You know, why Yen's evolved into now. I don't sure. think they would have had any idea that it would turn into what it has now. So they were massive gamblers, mate, for sure. And I, I hold my hat off to them. Love those guys to bits. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of went off on a tangent there. But oh, I perfect, man. I, I think no, there's a couple of points there that you kind of brought up that I think are very kind of useful. I'll come to what you you, you said at the end there. Because I think it's very pertinent to new business owners or potential new business owners out there that are kind of worried about getting started. I mean, yeah. all you need initially is that one client, that second client that believes in you, that has faith in you, that believes in what you're doing. And that's the foundation. From there, it will grow. You'll get your confidence. You'll start to truly believe, yeah, actually, I do know my shit. I'm good at this. I can make a difference. And from that, you'll scale. I think, I think there's just far too many business owners, certainly in the initial stages that, and I think probably certain, some of the marketing that's out there doesn't help. Yeah. I think they need to have a million clients to start yeah. with that they'll only be successful if they have 1000 clients and they're making a hundred thousand pounds, dollars, euros, whatever a month, a year. My advice is always measure your success. You judge it, but yeah. you know, it's that first client that ha you need that to build the momentum. Yeah. hundred um, percent. And you were saying as well about the networking. I know we've kind of talked about this in the past. <laughs> Some of those networking events, they are, yeah. I mean, what does it achieve? It's literally like box ticking. I was chatting to a gentleman yesterday who works in the sales and marketing space, and he was saying that it's all about hum being human. It's human to human, irrespective of whether you're in the B2B, B2C, whatever market, it's, it, it's ultimately human to human. You need that humanity. And having visited uh, one of your sessions, I know that humanity is a big part of what, what you're all about, what the network's all about. Yeah, 100%, man. I, I, I thought that selling was, you know, car salesman, you know, window salesman, double glazing, all that kind of <laughs> hard selling. It wasn't until I met Paula and she helped me understand that selling is just like, you're inspiring someone to better their life, man. As soon as you said that, it was like, right, cool. She asked me, she was like, how much do you believe in what you're in? I'm like, oh, a thousand percent. How much do you believe it could change people's life? Oh, a million percent. Why would you not want to inspire somebody to to better their life and better their business? And so just like thinking like that, it was very much like, you know, this kind of turning up, did a pitch. It's kind of like pitching and hoping, man. You're pitching, you're hoping that someone clicks, something clicks for them, or you're hoping that they're listening as well. You having to capture their attention, which is a skill as well. So, yeah, there was a lot of elements to it, man. That with why yeah, it, it it was more you build rapport with someone around. Uh, value which could be about developing your business eliminating a problem bringing in solutions um working on someone else's business when you build up that natural rapport all it takes is for someone to build up that rapport and they're instantly they're not thinking about someone in i don't know in, the, in their contact list to recommend if you've built rapport with someone and someone something comes up in conversation about how i might need a, a therapist for example i've got isabel lemon like, yeah. if you build rapport with Isabel, you're not even going to think about someone that put a pitch at one of your networking events. You only think about the person that you've got the best connection with. Absolutely. And that's what I wanted to zone more in on with YN. I wanted to be something that was more personal, intimate, where outside the network aspect of it, which I don't even use the word networking really anymore, you know, outside the focus groups, the workshops, or the general kind of chatting. I want people coming together, chatting off off the back of that scheduling calls which could be classes one-to-ones but more 
personal man grabbing food, having a real actual relationship together. Because I feel like that's where the magic happens, mate. Uh, I could, couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. That's the only sort of networking events or call it what you will, business events you'll ever find me at. Well, yep. you won't find me at pitch fests, that's for sure. So just for the listeners out there, maybe not unfamiliar with um, what it is you do with your network, what does the YEN stand for? YEN stand for oft. To begin with, it was because I believed that young individuals were the individuals that would get me. That was the thought okay. process behind it. But it's evolved now into a young, revolutionary way of looking at networking. So it's something that's it's different. So in terms of explaining the layout of it, I always use the same analogy after I watched Shrek for the first time in a while, by the way. <laughs> right? And Donkey's talking about uh, how ogres have layers, like an onion. YEN is like an onion. You've got the core of it. Yeah, this is not like very portraying, is it? Fuck me. Love it. I um, love it. Go with it. Go with it. Go with it. <laughs> the core of the onion is the focus group. So when you're on those focus groups, you're working on problems together. You're working on solutions to implement in your business. You're working on the areas that it requires you to be quite vulnerable, man. If you're sitting there and you're like, you know, I've got blockers, I've got issues that I need to, you know, eliminate within my business and people are coming together, they're building rapport. Normally the natural thing that happens is when someone's got a problem, another individual within the group will slot in that solution. And that solution could either be their business, them as an individual or someone that they know. And it kind of still gets people moving forward, which was the, the kind of motive behind it. When people moving forward together, you know, it's 1% better every session. We just had to move forward. So that's the core. When your focus group is thriving and you're buzzing about it, all the other layers are perfect. But the focus group needs to be good, man. And the focus group are really people that are at the same level in business to you, or they're at a bit higher of a level than you, but you're willing to pay the commitment to be in that group with higher performing individuals. And usually that comes from a high level of inspiration when you're in that group with other people. Um, that's the core. Once you go out the, the outer layer of the core, it's the workshops, which is education. So you have the high performers, you have the sponsors, they come in and they educate the startups and stuff like that. They come in and take workshops, whether they're, they're on you know a property masterclass, someone wants to learn about property, it happens. Someone wants to learn about sales, you know, sales mastery, that happens. Someone wants to learn about developing a mindset of a seven-figure business owner. I bring in somebody to make sure that happens. And then also bringing in systems and processes into your company that's going to make your life easier. You know, going to have you working less than more. And the education side of things, man, it, I had to make sure that it wasn't like people turning up and explaining how their business could help them. I wanted actionable tips that people can take and implement awesome. into their business on those workshops and going above and beyond value-wise. And then the last kind of layer, um, which is kind of two layers combined, which is our sponsors. They offer offers and discounts because I was so fortunate my mum was already in business. I had so many people that just wanted to help me and they didn't want anything in return, man. You know, and that's not really so, possible really from a business aspect. Sure. So what were you going to say? No, no, I was just saying <laughs> awesome. Awesome that you had that support. Yeah, I had amazing support, mate. And that, and you understood that that wasn't something that could implement in a business model where I had all these people just willing to help anyone that I brought on board if we scaled at a fast rate. So they all offered offers and discounts to any of my members that were on board. And then the kind of last core, which kind of goes hand in hand with sponsorship, is the actual network itself. So we have private groups where everyone, all the focus groups are all together. We put announcements in there. People are able to chat, get each other phone numbers, you know, message awesome. with the group. Over the last 18 months, I've overcomplicated those four layers to try and over deliver. But in reality, it's just simplifying it. And it's your group who you actually work with on a regular basis. The workshops is your education development. And then the last layer is your sponsors and actual network itself, which is the best way to understand it. Awesome, man. And I don't think that last bit you were saying there that I think there is that tendency, isn't there, to overcomplicate something sometimes. Yeah. And I think some of that, you know, sometimes like you say, it's because you, you're just so impassionate about the business and you want to over deliver. Sometimes it's a matter of learning, isn't it? It's a matter of going, okay, well, yeah, maybe it just needed to be a little bit more simple. Yeah. I you think there's some insecurities too, man, because you're trying to over deliver so that people pay the prices that you want them to pay rather sure. than sharpen up the areas that would allow you to convey the value you're you overcomplicate the value you strip you put layer on layer on layer on layer and i've had a lot of potential clients walk away from what i was offering back then and i'd be sitting there i'd be thinking you know 
how man like you know it's so perfect for them you know yep. what's the script and i'm blindsided by it and there was an awesome guy that sat me down not too long ago maybe six months ago and he was like i was like how did i not get you and why yet you would fit perfectly in the network because that's the thing as well we have a vetting process in place so if i believe someone isn't right or i believe they could be it's quite a proud word quite cancerous to, to the network sure with their mindset isn't like the people within the network they won't be able to join it's just as simple as that so Whenever I find someone that I believe is crucial for the networker, they could get a lot from it. I always make sure that I make that known to them. Sure. And I brought it up to a young like lad, and he was like, honestly, like, when you were explaining everything to me, there was just too much going on, mate. <laughs> and I couldn't actually pinpoint the area that I would really benefit from. And I was like, well, what was that area? And he was like, the people, man just yeah. the actual people and I, I took that feedback and i applied it to the network and i had them basically rank every one of our services from top to bottom awesome idea man awesome yeah every single client the top four was all the same it was focus groups workshops people will love having early access to the podcast as sure. well and the, the kind of actual group chat aspect too so they were the kind of four and i was like mate why am i try to overcomplicate with all this extra shit man when people don't even care even my own clients don't even care about it so i i get it but, it but it's it's experience isn't it it's yeah. one of those things we we only truly get to know that when we do it when we take those actions and then and, and i think yep. this is super important you know what you did when you go to your people and go is this working for you does this make sense for you and that that's how you can possibly get out of your head and realize okay oh wow actually it was these steps that were giving the most amount of value and this step these steps and all this lovely confetti and lights and all that stuff no one yeah. gives a shit about so no. <laughs> and it makes life so much easier right but you're only going to know that if you take action and you ask those questions right yeah absolutely and i think the the whole mistakes aspect of business a lot of people get too scared or too hung up on making mistakes because they feel like there's consequences at the other side of it you're either letting someone down or someone's getting the value that they paid for or that our ego can really get in the way man and we can really think that it's <laughs> it's fatal we think that if we fuck up here like our business is done or we're done and in call of duty man i done a, a weird statistic to prepare for my talk that i done yesterday at one of the unis and i'd played for a total of twenty thousand hours in a competitive environment over the last decade it's actually more than that but i wanted to scale down the hours so that i could give time for like idle time in between um so it's over like 26 27 000 hours and if i just take those twenty thousand hours on average one game per 10 minutes per game in a competitive environment you're going to die anywhere between 20 to 30 times so let's go to the higher end of the spectrum 30 times in total i made up 3.6 million mistakes to become one of the best players in the world 3.6 million mistakes so how can you take that and apply that to business it's been okay with them bro it's been okay with the mistakes and, and uh, <laughs> 3.6 million mistakes but that's a big thing isn't it we make mistakes linking back to some of the things that you've said earlier on about the school thing the business thing yeah. the dreaming thing and everything there's this concept again in society that failure is just not an option that if you don't pass your exam you'll never get anywhere in life if you fail that last game you'll never get anywhere in life you know yeah. it's just bullshit if you're willing to learn from those mistakes continue to take action and keep pushing forwards you'll learn you know yeah you might think oh god why didn't i think that before well because you didn't <laughs> you're thinking about it now <laughs> so do something about it now and not making such a big song and a drama about it and i think that is one of the fundamentals that determine those people that push forwards in business and those that simply give up too soon yeah and i think like a lot of the times we think i think stephen bartlett spoke about why is it that we always think that our most recent mistake or recent fuck up is fatal we always think that 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 mistake is fatal you always think our business is done or we're done or something's going to happen when in, in reality that it's never fatal and we always think it's the worst when it's happening whenever our, our most recent mistake crops up it's like that is the worst why did that happen you know life get any worse than this we start really catastrophizing and a day is gone i always say tomorrow's a new day i wake up if i still feel the same it's like 
what is the kind of main pillars that I look at in terms of why I'm feeling this way? How's my sleep? How's my nutrition? How's my exercise? Okay, exercise slipped off. Okay, how do I like lock that back in? Okay, lock it back in. I'm very logical, mate. Very logical. And I think that has carried on from the mistakes I made in gaming. If I didn't ask myself the question of, okay, how do I better myself? Somebody else was going to ask me that question. <laughs> and yeah. if you didn't have an answer for a problem that was affecting the team, the team's results, then you were dropped, mate you were dropped and it was as simple as that and unless you had once again spoke about it before if you hadn't built rapport with your team if you didn't become crucial um you know think about uh, the analogy in my head there was like a chessboard if you weren't the king or the knight or the queen that you were cut if you were just a pawn you were cut mate so, and another king was going to move in and take your place so you had to have the mindset of like cool when i do make a mistake how do i get better and if you didn't ask yourself that question bro somebody else did and if you didn't yeah. have an answer for them you were gone mate yeah, man. It trains your mind yeah. and everything. So I just wanted to come back to your branding, to the network. So a key element of your branding, and you've mentioned this sometimes, is the word young. Yeah. So I wanted to explore that concept with you because recently I've seen loads of really, really awesome entrepreneurs like yourself making a massive impact in their niches it's absolutely awesome there's i can think about three or four that that i follow on linkedin that are just super inspirational and and they all share something in common they're all in their early to mid 20s and they're absolutely smashing it and it goes against conventional wisdom that a you have to have a good degree then you need to get a job then you need experience, you need hundreds of experience, and then you'll be in a position to start a business or get a promotion and be called an authority. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? Well, it's a deep one, mate, because I, I spent some time doing quite a bit of meditation on it because I used to give people advice. So like when I used to do the Mindful Mondays on, on stream, people would come to me, people that I knew were grown men in their late 30s, early 40s, people would watch my stream. And they would ask me questions about their life, their boss, their job, past experience, their, their relationships. I was really putting the spot from every element and it was just because they trusted me. That was a common denominator. They all trusted me and they believed in my values, which I respected. But every time I gave them a piece of advice, Ashley, I'd say, Ashley, personally, mate, I would always take it, depending on how the relationship never my place to come in on something like that i would always approach it with so much like comfort on their end in terms of making sure they're okay but in terms of the actual solution i would never ever offer that because it's something that is too personal too intimate if shit hits the fan then just come and just say well you give me that advice john blah blah, yeah. blah you know um sure so i always gonna i I'm, i was easing off from that aspect but if someone did come to me for advice uh whether it's business related gaming related life related um and they wanted it I would always give them a piece of advice and I would always follow them with one thing that I was saying subconsciously. I didn't realize I was saying it and it was, I'm only 20, by the way, you don't have to take my advice. Or I'm only 21, you don't have to take my advice. This went all the way up till i just turned 22. And one of my community members texted me one of the days after the stream. Because I used to, you know, really mingle with them out with the stream as well. Yeah. One of them texted me and said, John, I've got a bone to pick for you. And I was like, oh no, what is it? What have I done? <laughs> he was like, mate. Every time you give a piece of advice, go back and watch your VOD. You say, I'm only 21, by the way. You don't have to take my advice. Why do you keep saying that? And I was like, do I say that? I went back and I watched it, mate, and it was every time, man. So I, I visualized some stuff on it. I done some meditation on it. And um, it came back to a time when I was in one of my geography classes uh, when I was 16, maybe younger than that. Um and I wasn't paying attention and my geography teacher asked me to stand up and recite the last 60 seconds of whatever she said and obviously I didn't know what she said <laughs> uh, oh. and I was just ridiculed the class was laughing and I just didn't go back to the classmate didn't go back yeah I understand dogged every that. class just played games all the time and stuff like that so that was a memory that came up when I was really digging deep on it and meditation is something that Kind of, it can be hard to get into the swing of actually doing it and getting to that kind of level but I thought on it every day for 15 minutes and eventually I got to that deeper level um, and then kind of deeper stuff about my childhood and stuff started coming up into as well and once I kind of challenged all of those and just been like well you know I'm much better I'm a much different person now when actually thinking back to them as individuals would I have ever done that in their situation no Maybe they had something else going on in their life yeah. and maybe they had a bad day, who knows. And I started to just eliminate those one by one, strip them all back and 
that helped me understand that it kind of eliminated that whole you know, experience to give advice or you need to be much older, you need to have a lot of wisdom. If you have something, mate, that could change someone's life, could change someone's life and you're telling me that you're going to hold on to it because you believe that you're not old enough, just bullshit, mate. And then when okay. you get old enough, you're going to have the mindset that you're not young enough to give advice. So I just, I challenged it and just eliminated it from my mind. And I know anything that I think is going to help someone, I drop the ego. I think about we, I don't think about me. And mm-hmm. I just make a difference, mate. Make an impact, man. Love that. Love that. Yeah, I, I often say on, on my content when I'm speaking to clients, people aren't mind readers. Yeah they're not going to know what you've got to say. If you've got something to say, if you've got some advice, if you've got something that you think is going to help someone, you've got an obligation to say the bloody thing. But it's like you're saying, get in touch, that ego, there's that attachment. And, and I guess as well, it doesn't help that we're surrounded by those narratives, you know, like that traditional journey and what is deemed to be valuable, what's deemed to be relevant, that... You know you've got things, certainly at the younger age, that kids should be seen, not heard. Um, There's an authority figure at school as a gatekeeper of who speaks, who doesn't speak. So I can totally see where it comes from. But I think, like you said, and I think this is super important, it's important to challenge that narrative. And I just wanted to ask you, since you started your journey, have you faced any issues where people have literally come out and said, you're like 22, 23, what the fuck do you know? Or, or or challenged you or you've had some sort of <laughs> negative impact because of your uh, age? It's a good question, mate. I think people, some people have taken me less serious, which is something that I don't take personally. I just, I think that high-performing individuals have an aura around them. They, everything yeah. that they do is a reflection of their standards. Everything, the way they speak, the way they communicate. I've had people that don't turn up to my meetings, for example, or they turn <laughs> up late, or I've had stuff like that, but I don't take it personally and i've never had someone say to me you're young why would i listen to your why would i give you the time of day? i've never had anything like that but i've definitely had instances where people turn up too late to meetings they don't it's not necessarily that i'm wanting an apology i'm just wanting them to be aware of the fact time is valuable everyone's time is valuable i could be doing anything during that time the same way when i was running five minutes late for this podcast make sure i text you like you know i'm going to be there no communication you know on on that kind of side of things usually results in me kind of we it's kind of a wee assumption it's like are they taking me as serious as yeah like say for example grant cardone was who you had the meeting with would you be late to that meeting no you definitely would not be late to that meeting if he yeah. was giving you his time you wouldn't be late so when it comes to that aspect i think people maybe respect you a bit less but then you see the kind of people like i had people reaching out to me that admired what i was doing and you just spend more time with those people my people that you like you get along with and someone stands you up and doesn't give you a reason or maybe communicates that they don't value your time it's you know still another billion people on the planet mate yeah just fuck it just do do your thing man absolutely it's all about respect isn't it and 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 knowing your people as well so just interested to hear because i know we're coming into the exam season and schools right now and and there's a lot of people that will be graduating and stuff this this year. And yep. they're probably thinking, especially considering it's a really tough job market out there right now, more so than I certainly faced when I was a student all those eons ago. So, I mean, what advice would you give um, to potential new business owners that are thinking, I'm going to go for this? But maybe they're holding themselves back because they think, well, am I too young to do this? Are people going to call me out because of my lack of experience? What advice would you give to people like that? The surface level answer that came in my mind was that all those kind of thoughts are just limiting beliefs that are in your head that are just holding you back. We tend to think that a lot of people are focusing on us all the time. They're focusing on our content. They're focusing on what we're doing. When in reality, if they see something they don't like or if they, you mingle with something, you just don't get along or you get a potential client and they, you don't, they don't convert, it's just having that abundance mindset just keep moving forward keep pumping out content keep doing everything that you do which the only thing about that is that it's not really actionable so in terms of things that are actionable which i done um i surrounded myself with amazing people uh, i found a coach or a mentor that had actually done what i was wanting to do which was it was huge they had to be congruent in what i was wanting to achieve and the truth was paula really challenged me because i was a hard working 16 
17, 18 hour days. I loved all that shit. Whereas she was working two days a week and she was earning 30 times more than me. And I was like, what is going on here, man? This doesn't make sense in my head. And she was the first person that didn't pat me in the back for streaming for 250 days in a row. And I admired that, man. I respected that. So find people that you admire, you respect, you want to spend time with. Deploy curiosity every opportunity. If you see someone and you're like, I love what they're doing or I love their pitch i said i think that was the first com- comment i made to yourself actually yeah. before i reached out to you i said i loved your videos love the way you're portraying yourself and what you're doing people love genuine appreciation and if you go out there and you genuinely appreciate people's content and what they do you build amazing relationships and before you know it mate opportunities will be coming in abundance your time will be very valuable you won't even know what to do with your time and, and at that point you'll need to start looking at money making tasks things that you value highly you know your family and stuff like that as well but that's something that you're probably not even thinking about this time you're just thinking about building a successful business but it will come man trust me just make sure that you're building the right relationships speaking to the right people speaking to people that you admire respect or doing what you want to do and you'll be fine man if you just take that speak to five new people every day if you have to um and apply that you'll be flying man yeah i love that uh, i saw your post the other day about that conversation you had with paula about that <laughs> yeah i loved it totally got it because there's this age-old debate you see it all the time on linkedin about should you hustle should you not there's people that are trying to buy into the whole tim ferris four-hour work week or whatever it was even in corporate right now we're talking about the four-day week a lot of people associate loads of hours if you work loads of hours, then you will be successful. Yeah. But you've kind of touched upon it in your last answer, but do you need to constantly be hustling? Or can you literally, no. no. <laughs> yeah, you get happy feet, mate. You definitely get happy feet when you're not constantly doing something. Or, uh, I met a lot of people that when they're not doing a lot of things in business or they've not got a jam-packed schedule that... They don't know what to do with their time, so they sit and they do nothing, and then they, you know, dark thoughts start to come into play. Seeing that idle time that you've got, man, if you've got family members, you've got a relationship, you've got friends, if you've got a passion, if it's gaming, if it's football, if it's exercise, there's so many things that in that time bring you with so much passion and joy and happiness, and those are the best feelings on this planet, man. So if during the time that you're, you know, don't get me wrong, man, hustling, building a business that like i said at the beginning it's the most fulfilling thing on this planet there's the highs of business utopia nobody can touch you man it feels amazing the lows can feel hard there's really hard going as well man but when you're kind of in that that element the, the hustle aspect even at the moment this is the least i've worked and the most i've earned and I start to feel like I get a wee bit of happy feet start thinking about oh shit what can i do what can i implement where can my time be spent but just I continue to work on high-priority tasks, mate, which is something that Paula has drilled into me. Money-making tasks, high-priority tasks, or stuff that I genuinely want to do. Karen Brady has an amazing quote that I heard from a podcast, and it was, it's only work if you've got something else you'd rather do. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) It's so powerful. (laughs) And it is so true, isn't it? It's about finding what works for you, which can sometimes obviously be a bit, confusing and because there's just so much white noise out there saying you've got to do this you should do that you need to do this if you don't do this it's very confusing so i completely understand why people might get overwhelmed with that but that moment when you realize that actually this is what works for me this is what works for my business this is what works for my people and then you go with with it from that so i've just got a kind of we're coming slowly well we're diving head first not slowly at all this time has absolutely flown by so we're coming head first towards our end of our time together so i just got two more questions that well a couple more questions that i'd like to ask you for so we've talked about labels today and how humans love to put things in box and label things so let's just go back to the word young Mm. so do you wear young like a badge of honor or could we just simply call you an entrepreneur i've just sat there and told you right at the end of the day we all die anyways is there really any point in focusing on things that don't really matter 
So you're going out there making an impact, making a change, making people happy, bringing people joy. One of those things for me at the moment is taking my grand for breakfast, bro. You know, no, if that's man. something where I sit there, if we enjoy some nice food together, that's something that puts a smile on my face, mate. Making clients happy. They're all things that are far more important to me than me spending time even thinking about even thinking about that kind of stuff. And I understand why you're asking it, though, because it's something that a lot of people um, speak about. I see it all the time on social media. It's Love a lot of stuff that I kind of distance myself from, mate. Because in my head, bro, it's like, well, even Mars about it, mate. You know, we're <laughs> actually Mars. <laughs> I love that. When you look at it, labels sometimes can be useful. I know yeah. for certain things in certain areas, knowing what you are, what you stand for, kind of helpful. But in yeah. general, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. In business, does it really matter? And and you kind of I'm going to be old as well, bro. Yeah, you'll be so. the the. So you'll change your branding then. I'm going to change it to Young at Heart, Entrepreneurship <laughs> Network or something like that. Love yeah, that. Try try to convince myself that I'm young. That was the thing as well, bro. Whenever we're, it's like there's always um, a stage in your life where you believe that you're too young or too old or too inexperienced, and it's just about just stripping that man, just yeah. getting it to fuck, mate, and just. Doing what you need to do, bro. Love it, man. Love it. And if anybody wants to learn more about uh, YN Network, how can they get hold of you? Oh, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm sure I shall have my, my link in the comments. So drop me a message or we are active on Instagram. The the at on Instagram is YN Network. I love that platform. I love Instagram. I love that platform purely because um, I'm a very like visual learner, visual and audio. So I, I like to put a lot of videos and stuff like that on there. Whereas LinkedIn, it's more about the personal brand combining with YN. I've also started an awesome project on TikTok called The Gamer Entrepreneur. If you loved the talk about gaming and stuff like that and how both worlds can collide, I'll be uploading very regular content on there. I've done my first batch of five um, videos for the, the Gamer Entrepreneur. And see, when I sent them to one of my clients, Jude, he's incredible in front of camera. He's a videographer. And the feedback he gave me, man, I didn't even want to put them out after he gave me the feedback. And I was like, oh, right, cool. I just need to sit down and just nail the feedback because his feedback was amazing. Awesome. Um, and it was the kind of stuff. So yeah, TikTok, the Gamer Entrepreneur, I'll be active on there. Um, Instagram and also, yeah, LinkedIn, mate. It's definitely where I'm most active, brother. Awesome, 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 man. Before we ride off into the sunset, I have the one final question for you. So what is your espresso shot of confidence? Oh, my special shot of confidence. <laughs> is believing that I have been outstanding at one thing so I can become outstanding at anything that I do, mate. And if anyone that is listening to us today, there's absolutely something that you are outstanding at. And if you can strip back how you became outstanding at that one thing and applied it to whatever it is that you're doing now to help you become financially free, you'll truly become outstanding at that too. Oh, man, I love that. Awesome. Awesome. I loved having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts, your expertise and your time been awesome man. i love being here brother it's been awesome man yeah i absolutely much. loved it hey thank you to you the listeners wherever you are in the universe if you want to get latest updates of when the next episodes drop please subscribe wherever you are listening or watching this have an awesome day evening week life afterlife and as always don't forget to be awesome